Men and women in action this weekend at opposite sides of the world. Welcome to the Wash Rugby Union podcast. So with both senior teams in international action, we'll go in the order they play. Wales against the Barbarians preview coming up. But first we head down under where Wales women need to pick themselves up from that defeat against New Zealand. Looking to repeat last year's tight match in the World Cup against Australia, maybe go one better with a win. Coach Johan Cunningham's run the changes again. He responded first to the aftermath of that Black Ferns loss. It was tough, you know. No one likes to lose in, with unconceding that many points. It was really, really difficult. But there were some positives in that performance as well, and that's something that we looked at. But also some some great learnings with regards to to compete at that level against the world champions. You know what do we have to get right in our game to give us a chance. How important is it now that you park that and look ahead now to what's going to be your final game of the campaign? Yeah, one hundred percent. Park it as quickly as possible. Look forward. Get excited about the challenge we got this Friday against Australia. We've got a great opportunity to try and finish, you know, a final game of this year strongly as well. You know, so that's something we discussed this week. Australia threw a spanner in the works by beating France last weekend. Just shows that they're, they're quality opposition. Yeah, they are, and um, they got threats all over the field. You know, strong, strong athletic ball carriers, and you could see that in the way they play. So if you give them enough possession or you give them, you stand off them, which is something that we've focused on this week to improve, they can trouble you. You've never beaten Australia before, but you came close at the World Cup last year. What learnings can you take from that game? Yeah, we did. You know, the, the biggest thing is we have to start well. You know, you look at that World Cup game, we didn't start well, and then we ended up being you know, 22 for about 12 minutes. So we, we got to start better. So that means that we front up physically and we're accurate with the ball and it gives us a chance then to build into a game. You made uh, six starting changes again for this um, this weekend. Talk us through some of your decisions there. Well, yeah, we wanted to, you know, physicality was a big, big area of the game that we looked at after the New Zealand match and so we looked at some of our players who can bring us more physicality. So, you know, Carlos Cox and Lisa Lisa Newman are physical athletes. Um, Hannah Black is physical at twelve. So, so we you know we wanted to get that in our backline. Um, and then and then up front, you know, Cecilia comes back in to start. Uh, Kate Williams we thought went well. So we wanted to, to, to reward her. And then we got experience on the bench with Sean Harris and Alicia Butchers. They will come on and, and hopefully help us close the game off. How much of a balancing act is it from picking what you think your best 15 to giving players experience in the World Cup cycle? It is a balance and it's a, we have a good discussion as coaches and thinking about individuals and how we can expose players at this level which will make us better for the future and you know Nell Medcalf is one example which we delighted with her progress in such a short space of time and she'd be better for it and we'd be better for it you know. Captain Hannah Jones also started by reflecting on last weekend. Yeah, I was disappointed with our performance. We worked so hard and to have a result like that doesn't really reflect with how hard we've worked. But, you know, looking back on the game, we weren't physical enough. And, you know, when you've got the Blackfins on point like that and, you know, we were caught sleeping a few times. So that's something we've really looked on this week now to make sure we're physical going into Australia. Talked about staying tight as a group, but um, I don't think a lot of people saw that scoreline coming. Was it was it a tough one to pick yourself up from? Yeah, like 
nobody likes losing, especially with the, with the score that we had. But um, the, these girls are, are amazing. We, we stay tight together. We're focusing on the learnings from that game, so not mistakes. It's, it's a learning curve for us. Obviously, we, we deserve to be here. And it's a fast learning curve going into this weekend. And, you know, Australia closely ranked to us the fifth. So they won above us and it's going to be a much better game to hopefully get a performance. They threw a spanner in the works by meeting France last weekend, didn't they? They're impressive. Yeah, that doesn't worry me. We train against France following up to the Canada game and we went well against France, so we can definitely take confidence from that as well. What's the mood been like in camp this week? I watched you guys train today. You all seem to, all seem to have parked the New Zealand result now ready for the next challenge. Yeah, it's such a quick turnaround. If you dwell on the past, you know, it's just going to be brought into the next game so it's it's a mindset thing you've got to park it you've got to learn from it and you've got to pick yourself up for the next game it's definitely where I want to be I want to play against the best I want to learn against the best and you know hopefully we're closing that gap going into Six Nations and you know like I've said before I'm, I'm confident we're above the teams we've beaten but there is a bit of a gap between uh, the top tier teams what do you want to do better this Friday that you didn't do as a team, I want to be able to keep the ball more so we have more opportunities to play. You haven't been able to see our fantastic attack yet, so the mindset of keeping ball and defensively, uh, we need to be physical. But yeah, with all the hard work we put in, and you know, I think we, we deserve this, but we definitely need the mindset of we need to work hard for it. While Lisa Neumann's back on the wing, she had the unusual feeling of watching on last week. So, how did that feel? Firstly, I think it's always difficult not being involved. Like, you come out here and you want, you want to go play your 80 minutes of rugby. I think it's hard, like, to lose like that against New Zealand. And you're always going to take that loss really, really deeply. But I think players know and feel disappointed in that scoreline. You know, we've, we do feel like we're in a better place. We, we are training really, really well. And it's hard to get a scoreline like that when... I know we say it all the time, the scoreline doesn't reflect like how we have been building as players and how we've come together. So yeah, it's, it's very difficult to take, to be honest. Back in the starting lineup now to face Australia, how hard is it for you when you don't feature in a matchday squad, when you're so used to, to getting that 14 jersey? Well, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Like, if I'm being honest, it, it was hard to take, but I think, you know, you take learnings from that. I've learned a lot from not being selected and learned a lot from the, the Canada game and hopefully put the errors that I did in that game into my training and like improved on those so although it's difficult I think you learn the best from the error so hopefully I'm in a, in a better position now so. Johan says that you've been picked this week because you bring physicality this the Australia game something you're really looking forward to getting your teeth into. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to you know perform better than I did in, in my last game. Obviously, it's really exciting to go into the game with the girls. You know, obviously, like physicality is one of my strengths, but I think it's just managing that and making sure I put it in the right areas. Australia showed with a win over France that they're going to be really quality opposition. Yeah, I mean, we can't go into this game thinking it's going to be easy. We know it's going to be challenging, but I think. What's important is to take each game as a sort of a standalone game, you know. We can't just expect to, if we go from them, you know, obviously winning against France, you know, we can't just expect that we're going to lose. Like, we have to go in believing that we can put in a good performance. And we've taken, as I said, from the last two games, a lot of learning. So hopefully we can put those right against Australia. You came close in the World Cup against them last year. You've never beaten Australia before. Do you think you have a good chance this weekend? 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's going to be challenging and we need to be in the game for the whole 80 minutes. You know, we can't we can't drop off. There's a lot of belief in the squad and I think from the last two games we are disappointed as a team. You know, we know we can give more and do better, so it's a good opportunity now to actually put that into practice. So it's going to be tough, but we're, we're ready for the challenge. Players know when we haven't been hit, hitting performances as we should, so I think we want to come... We, wanted to come away with two wins at least and you know that didn't go our way so we need to put in a performance and hopefully get a bit of good news. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Well, it's not quite such an early start on Friday, 6am this time UK time. It's 2.30 on Saturday at the Principality Stadium when Wales face the Barbarians. It's not a cap game, but will that make any difference when the players run out in their Wales jerseys? Not one bit. It should be entertaining too. Coach Warren Gatland and Captain Jack Morgan face the Welsh press. And Warren started by explaining his selection thinking, particularly Dragons prop Lloyd Fairbrother coming in at tighthead. Well, we probably when you look at players that we had unavailable to us and and then losing um, Kieran and uh, and Leon as well this week. So just gone with a bit of experience. That's an important part of the role. And then Harry's still a, a young player that we're going to invest some, a little bit of time in. Uh, we've probably discussed in the past you know, someone like Will Davis King that we've got a, a little bit of time invested in him and we want to see him develop. But unfortunately he's not getting many opportunities at the moment. And even though we have used the national team in the past to develop players for the future. We didn't feel that that was the right decision to make for this game and we needed a, a little bit of experience and that's why uh, Lloyd's come in to, to start there. Lee Huffley starts, just a word on you know, the occasion for him. Oh, He's just been an unbelievable servant. A lot of people have spoken about what a credible professional he is in terms of the way that he trains and prepares and his professionalism and everything so um, I can't speak more highly of him in terms of not just a rugby player but as a person and I think he's been one of those people who have set incredible standards, uh, been a great example for younger players coming through. Not the biggest man in the world but he's always given 100% for that jersey and he's he's a proud Welshman and um, I think hopefully he's got a big future ahead of him. I know it's a, an exciting challenge that he's been offered. He spoke to me a number of weeks ago about where he's going to go and, and I just said it would be brilliant for him in terms of what he wants to do next in terms of his CV having played in France and won championships there, having been successful for Wales and then you know, having a, a chance to go to the Southern Hemisphere as well and, and then maybe after that experience coming back and doing some kicking and some skill work and you know, maybe following in Neil, Jinks, uh, Neil Jenkins' sort of path in, in terms of um, you know, getting into the coaching aspect and I think with that sort of CV and experience he'll be brilliant at that. Tom Rogers and Ben Carter, what are you looking for after them? They were part of your wide squad before you went to France. Yeah, I think that was what made the first part of this week easy, was actually having those players that have um, have come in and, and been involved with us. It was pretty seamless. We've had a little bit of a challenge towards the end of the week with uh, losing a couple of tight heads, but uh, those boys will fit in. And I think I said those guys having been involved in the camps and the warm-up games, uh, it's been a really easy transition and something that we've spoken about in terms of some of the debrief stuff about those sort of things going forward in, in the future and and for me particularly being in 
and Teddy, it's it's been great to see them go back and I know Ben was studying last year, but sort of to see him develop and grow as a as a player from a sort of more of a leadership role and and, and doing that, and then for Teddy, I have no doubt that his involvement with us has transpired in him, you know, starting the first two games of the season, where maybe if he hadn't been involved, he, you know, he may have been just in the 23 or or not or not involved. So he's, you know, definitely forced his way into that that Carter side. So. Uh, the two young players, and we see a lot of growth in them over the next few years. How valuable will it be for you? We've come out of um, a couple of pretty tough years financially with COVID and stuff, and and everyone's talking about the funding and how everyone's finding that difficult. And so, you know, this game it was definitely about one is generating some more revenue, and and for us as well, there's there's an opportunity without uh, those players outside of Wales to put down a marker in terms of being involved and um, you know hopefully in the Six Nations and we had, we had a chat with the players about that earlier in the week and said so you want to be in a situation where where it's harder to play your way into this team but it's easy to play your way out and if you continue to perform and play well then every now and again someone will have a not the best performance but uh, and that does sometimes happen but those players get a, a chance to go out there on Saturday and you know give a good performance and I think I've demonstrated in the past that I've been pretty loyal to players that have gone out and put that jersey on and performed well. And you know, for those players who do that, um, it'd be a good opportunity for them to be selected for the Six Nations. Throughout the professional work, you get the chance to honour players who've done a lot of their country, the Arkady, Alan Jones, Justin Tipperick. In the modern game, how important do you think that is? Yeah, it's something that we've spoken about this week, not as players, but as, as staff and that. and. I think there's going to be some recognition of his players and when I had that conversation with Justin when he retired from international rugby we we did speak about this game as being an opportunity for him to be involved with that was uh, for Wales but you know he gets that chance um, for the Barbarians and to recognise his contribution and obviously Alan Wynn as well and, and Lee so they've had that chance to call their time on, on the career and so you know, that's their choice and I fully respect that and back them. And I've said sometimes it's, that decision's been made by other people. You know, the the coaches or who made that decision or injury can can cause that as well. So, yeah, so hopefully it's, that's an enjoyable, really enjoyable occasion for those three players. And you know, maybe a number of other players who were involved in that World Cup squad. You know, we know Dan Bigger had, had called time in his career, but you know, there may be a few others that may have worn. The Welsh jersey for the last time during the World Cup as well, but you know we don't know that till time goes by. Jack Benwell, just the rest that you've had. How do you feel now? I'm going into this week. Yeah, obviously disappointing after the quarterfinal uh, result, but had a couple of weeks uh, to rest and recover in a way. And yeah, we've, we've uh, come come in this week and looking forward to the weekend. We've been training this week and trying to uh, learn a little bit and, and try and work on, on a couple of things. So yeah, we're looking forward now for for the weekend. It'll be a great experience, especially to. Uh, Playing steps, you know, uh, after playing playing with him for the for the last uh, few years, so yeah, looking forward to be a great experience. How nice is it to be in the top of the game to start looking at you? Yeah, I think that's kind of we've drawn a line under the World Cup now, and we're talking about this next cycle, how we manage that. This group of players coming through, uh, these these guys, you know, we haven't got a number of players available to us, and there's a good chance for these young Welsh players that are here to go out there and see and get a. Give a performance, and 
I know there was a lot of people writing us off beforehand and we said about we could do something special. Don't think we quite did something special. We were good. Probably that performance against Australia is kind of where you couldn't have asked any better in terms of a way a game was managed in terms of that performance. But I spoke earlier in the week and we were pretty gutted about the way we played against Argentina as a game we should have put away. And you know they're, they're a difficult team to put away and we probably didn't manage that as well as we could have. And I think there's been a lot of learnings from that and whether we were on edge enough, whether there was a little bit of pressure off us, the fact that we'd you know, won the group and probably relieved a bit of that pressure. But I think for all of us, we're pretty disappointed when you get given a chance like that. We didn't end up in the semi-final. So that hurt for a while and um, you know, it's something that we can't forget. We can't not talk about and discuss and we talk about setting standards and the expectation for us as a group to grow and perform and you know that's you know very much for this new group of players going forward is you know we've got to start demanding that and expecting expecting that and not settling for for not being at our best. Jack just wondering the non-capped internationals that changed the attitude of the players at all? No not at all no um, you know it's, it's always an honour to, to play for Wales and be able to put that jersey on it, it means a hell of a lot for, for everyone and yes you know you're proud in that jersey every time you put it on and going out in that field so cap the non-cap we're still representing Wales and go to put in, put in performance. And Warren I saw a stat that pretty much all the knockout games the World Cup were won by the team that attacked Let's. Is this going to be a bit of an antidote? Yeah you're right the team that attacked the most didn't win the uh, quarterfinals and the team that kicked the most won the, won the game and had the most kicking metres yeah. Yeah, that's where international rugby is at the moment. Like I said, a lot of it's weighted quite significantly towards a defensive team in terms of the way the defences are and, and stuff. And But you can't get away from that. And uh, when you look at the stats and see that we had carried the ball more times than Argentina, made more metres, had more offloads, made more line breaks. But, you know, they played a bit more territory than us and, and kicked it and, and ended up getting the... The reward from that. So we've chatted about this week, and you know, even though they'll come with traditional way of uh, barbarians rugby. If we look back at the last time that Eddie was involved with the barbarians, they didn't go out and throw the ball early on. They drove their first three line outs, so they scored a driven more line out. So you know, don't expect that the the barbarians are just going to throw everything around. They'll, they'll potentially come with something a little bit different in terms of maybe their mindset in the in the game, particularly early on, but. I think um, Thomas Williams spoke really well earlier in the week about us having the confidence to play. But and I was talking to him today. I said, well, you know, how does that look like? What does that look like for you? You know, the confidence to play and the confidence to play is is about you know, everyone working hard to get in a position to take advantage of of quick ball. Whether that's resetting, and making sure that you've you've got a bit of depth or a bit of width uh, on your attacking formation, and and if people are working hard, then that that opens up those opportunities to be able to play. So. We can't force something, but there's an onus on us to make sure that we do work hard that give us those chances to manipulate and take advantage of, you know, potentially those opportunities that we do create. To find out more about new prop Lloyd Fairbrother, who better to ask than his Dragons colleague Wing Rio Dyer? He's an amazing player and an amazing bloke, obviously being at Dragons for probably the whole time I've been there and seeing how much of a senior player and what he does for Dragons as well as for all the boys there is it's, you can't probably give it to a better book. Quite character as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a big character. Obviously, he's a big, big boy as well. So it's this both 
hand in hand really but yeah he's an, he's an amazing bloke and deserves it How have you reflected since the World Cup quarterfinal defeat what do you feel you've obviously got another chance in the Welsh jersey but you know does the pain still there or how, how have you done that to Argentina game Going out in a quarterfinal isn't a nice experience and probably a first experience for me and as a the first World Cup and you can kind of that kind of realisation that you, you're going home after being out there for seven weeks is a long time as a squad and we were a tight squad, tight-knit group, like that's the management, everyone that was part of that squad was very tight and being obviously reflecting back it's, it's disappointing for everyone I think and probably still there and it will still be there for a few years probably knowing if you look back to it as Gat said it's that learning that you can take now and instead of probably trying to dwell on the past is trying to how can you now take that performance and try and put our best performances in now for the next few years really. Lee Harpenny Penny's last game something you'd have watched growing up yeah but, you know to be involved in that in his final match. Yeah it's amazing obviously I was involved with his 100th cap match as well I think for me being such a the the younger player and watching Lee playing when I was younger and that's someone that was kind of the Welsh relic as, as you were growing up as a kid and Obviously, seeing him put the jersey on for the last time, I think everyone on that pitch is going to give 110% for him because he's done it throughout the whole of his career. And I think that's probably a proud moment for me as well as for him because obviously looking up to someone like that and knowing that what he's done for his country and everything that he's done and how he's probably inspired a lot of the younger players growing up is a special moment for him and for his family. It was a World Cup where quite a lot of the wings spent time chasing kicks instead of ball in hand. Is this going to be a bit more fun to be involved in? I think obviously we're not going to take away from the key fundamentals of, of rugby, but it's definitely going to be a game where you can probably express yourself and just enjoy the occasion because, like you said, this is Lee's last time he's going to put the jersey on. So it's more of just taking the enjoyment kind of things and making sure everyone's out there and doing what they do best. Like Everyone's put the jersey on to to enjoy rugby, that's the reason we put it on. So I think that's what most of us are probably going to go out there and do is do the hard things and enjoy doing the hard things. And you reap the rewards kind of from enjoying that, basically. So I think, yeah, it's just going out there and trying to do as best as we can and enjoy doing it. And will it be one where the ball reaches the wing a bit more? Or is it one where you, you get a licence to come in at scrum half or just off the scrum <laughs> half a bit more? Yeah, I think obviously it's, we're still going to take it as a... A game, obviously, you've seen what their squad's like and the strength and depth, so it's still a game we're looking to get the best performance from. So I think hopefully this, the game does open up a bit. It's a Barbarians game, they'll chuck the ball about and stuff. So I think it's just taken... Obviously, we're all rugby players, and when it opens up, hopefully we open up with it. Plenty of Fijians in their lineup. We might actually see more of a Fijian style than we did when you played Fiji. Yeah, probably. I think they've probably just got a full licence there. Enjoy their rugby and do what they do, and I think both teams. That's what we're going to go out there and do. is It's a day of enjoyment, and there's a lot of players there who've obviously put their jersey on for the last time and is enjoying the occasion. Non-cap internationals that change your attitude at all? No, it's, I think it's non-cap. Cap. You're still putting the Welsh jersey on in in your home stadium. I think that's the main thing that really matters. Is when you're looking down, you've got that Welsh badge on. Finally, this weekend sees the Ospreys take on the Hollywood Bets Sharks in the URC in a game moved to London. But it was also a chance to bring together two interesting characters, current Ospreys coach Toby Booth and Sharks coach John Plumtree, who, of course, started his coaching career with Swansea. 
which is how Tame Plumtree will be representing Wales against the Barbarians. So, how's he finding being in opposition to the Welsh sides? My first season in this URC, and one of the pluses for me was, as a Sharks coach, was playing in this competition, playing in this part of the world. I know Ireland pretty well, and we've just come from there, and obviously um, the Ospreys been close to my heart as well, having coached Swansea my first job for five years. So uh, as much as I am um, looking forward to Friday night and being in London here is lovely, I was actually really looking forward to um, being in Swansea for a bit too. So um, I've got mixed emotions around that. Um, and also my son's obviously playing at Glenethley there as well. So I would have been able to, or well, he could have taken me for lunch, but he makes more money than me now. Uh, <laughs> as you touched on, you're up against a, a Swansea-based side this weekend, and you had your time with the All-Whites. What's the kind of um, the abiding fond memories you have of those years? Quite a while ago now, but it sounds like it still is a place in your heart from what you're saying. Oh, yeah, I've got a lot of fantastic Welsh friends, and and obviously they're all ex-players now. You know, the, you think back to those times that the team I had, and I was a first-up coach and pretty green, pretty green plum tree, if you like. I was blessed to have like so many great Welsh internationals in that team. You know, Scott Gibbs, Colin Sharvis, think about Mark Taylor in the midfield and Andy Moore. Pretty blessed to be able to coach a team with that calibre of player, Arl Thomas. And so I was lucky, pretty lucky. Made a lot of friends there. Two of my sons born there, Singleton Hospital. Yeah, loved it. I loved it. It was a great first up job. And for me, and uh, learned heaps too. And I love those days too because they were so tribal, you know, against the Bridgens and the Neaths and the Clenethleys. And it was a good time to coach. And Welsh rugby was really strong. And the, and the Welsh team was strong too. Then Graham Henry was there for a period when I was there as well. So good times. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. We spoke to Tane a few weeks ago and he was saying, I think uh, you might have been keen to have him at the Sharks this season. But obviously he's at the Scarlets and... You must be very proud of um, what he's achieving on Gigi for Wales again this weekend. Uh, a proud dad, I guess. Uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, now you did right. I did want him to come to the Sharks, but as soon as Warren Gatlin got involved, it was all over. He was heading to Wales. So we are really proud of him. He's only 23. He's had two or three years of background at the Blues, which has been good for his development, but he needs to start imposing himself on the big stage and... But Tane will be the same as my young fellas I've got here, that we've got to give them time to develop. And But he's loving it. He loves the Welsh people and he's happy. And uh, so if he's happy, then I'm happy. Hiya, Toby. You haven't got your captain this weekend. Given how passionate he is for the Ospreys, I just wondered how difficult the decision that was for him and yourselves, because obviously he's going to be with the Barbars on Saturday against Wales. Yeah, it was a very difficult one. I mean, Justin approached me about it, but it's a unique opportunity. We try and put our, our people first. You know, I've tried to do that as, ever since I've been here and get what the team needs as well as the individual needs. And and Justin's, without doubt, an Ospreys man for sure. He obviously announced his international retirement before the World Cup and almost did a Justin Tipperick type thing, didn't like the limelight and just sort of disappeared. So from my point of view, I think if it wasn't against Wales, he wouldn't have asked. I mean, that's that's the facts. And he's playing with some of his oldest teammates and people, you know, for, for our, et cetera. I think it's an opportunity for him to finish off playing with and against the people that he's made his name with. So for me, it was a very difficult decision, obviously, team over individual. 
I know it was very difficult for him, but we want to do what's right for our people. And I know that, as you saw from our performance last week, how influential he is in the game. He plays his 200th game like it's his 20th. And, you know, to have that energy and that enthusiasm, you know, he's already texted me a number of times, how did training go? How does this go? You know, he cares deeply about the organisation. And I'm glad that we could grant his wish to sign off on his terms. And the players respect that. And... You know, it will be, will be, and we'll look at the opportunity that it gives Morgan Morse and Harry Deves and people like that. Question for John, you were talking about Swansea and so on. I was just wondering, having coached all around the world, what influences did you take from Wales that you've taken into other parts of the world? Um, God, it's so long now. You're talking about 26, 27 years ago. God, the hell, how old am I? So every job and every different country, I've been blessed to be able to have travelled and, like you said, around different parts of the world and I've taken something from everywhere uh, yeah everyone and everywhere you know I've been blessed to be able to coach with different coaches one of the coaches that I learned a lot from in Wales was Clive Griffiths you know and he taught me a lot about the defensive side of the game and how important it was because when I turned up there I just wanted to play with the ball and attack and then he turned my thinking around and he had a massive influence on me as a coach yeah that was probably one of the big things that I took out of out of Wales and that Part of my development as a coach, I guess, was around the defensive side of it. Wherever I've gone, you know, spent years as a Hurricanes defence coach and same with the Sharks and uh, not right now, but my first stint at the Sharks. So, yeah, I think just dealing with handling players, you know, uh, I was obviously a pretty young coach. You know, I had one player and Paul Moriarty was, he's a year older than me and I was coaching him, you know, and I guess one of the big things I took out of that was just how, how, how important it is to be collaborative and working with a group of men and that's all something I've I've taken forward in my coaching so yeah those those couple of things really stick out for me but what sticks out for me more is just the relationships that you develop when you're in this business that we're lucky to be in and how you know when something happens that's important in my life I, I get texts or calls from all around the world and that's pretty special and it doesn't matter if it's good or bad things that happen to me in my career it's, always been the same and um, that's why I love it so much and a question for for both of you maybe starting with Toby the knockout games in the World Cup I think they were all won by the team that attacked least and do you take that on board and and try and go against it or do you take it on board and think we've got to play a bit more like that play a bit more conservatively well I think you're not going to see conservative at the weekend if the first two games are anything to go by the identity of your team and what you believe it should be I think we have a duty to try and entertain um, for the good of the game. But you can never criticise a coach that finds a way to win. You know, that's just part and parcel of the game. And there's, you know, there's plenty of ways. I think the big picture here is, and, and this is not the time or the probably the medium for this conversation is, I think that the simpler we make the game, the more attractive we make the game, the easier it is to referee, the better game that breaks out. I think that we can start to see a balance between attack and defence. The amount of kicking, the types of kick, the or you know those sort of things. You know we need to get ball in play time up because when the ball in play time comes up and the speed of the ball comes up, you get different outcomes. Doesn't matter or how processes and systems you have, speed beats everything. So I think that encourages a better spectacle. People want to get involved with it, both playing it and the lifeblood of the sport continues. So you know that's my sort of snapshot of it. I understand why high pressure, low risk rugby has been 
around for quite some time. I know it manifests itself in what you saw at the weekend. And there's the many ways to conduct yourself and, and try and promote a winning culture. And defending won't be one of, won't be one of mine. Yeah, I agree with Toby. I think every side's got a, a different way of building pressure and finding the balance between attacking and kicking. And I guess some teams are better than others at absorbing pressure, you know. And, you know, the teams saw in the weekend, both the finalists in the weekend are, were great in both departments. And I guess that's why we saw such a low scoring game. Hadn't there been a, a red card, it might have been a different outcome. But I think the intensity and that's played at that level and we're aspiring to do similar things in our own clubs or provinces is based around the stock that you've got. We don't think we're, well, right now we're not a big South African team and probably the Sharks in the past two or three years have played a little bit too conservatively for me and we're trying to find a better balance with our attack and with our defence. And I think that's coming from Super Rugby model, what you see in Super Rugby. But in this part of the world, it could be slightly different because of the conditions that you have to play in. So a nice connection there. Plenty more to reflect on next week in the Welsh Rugby Union. Until then, goodbye.